Oh, can everybody hear me okay? Judging from the amount of good afternoons I'm hearing back, I think that means we're ready to start. Um, Okay, so welcome to the Body Image Workshop. My name is Zoyer, and I am a compulsive overeater and a sugar addict. And thank you. And your moderator for this meeting, please join me in the serenity prayer at this time. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones and other electronic devices be turned off now, including my own. We remind you that this session is being recorded. All speakers must sign the release form, which is up here, to protect our anonymity. No photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. If there is press in the room, please do not take any unauthorized pictures or identify anyone using their full name. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 o- or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. OA members are reminded when sharing to speak to, uh, to, speak to your recovery in the program of Overeaters Anonymous only. The format for this session is as follows. We will have... Three speakers who will share for 20 minutes each. Because the hotel staff will need to set up this room for dinner, we will not have time for three-minute pitches. We kindly ask you all to exit the room after the third step prayer. The topic for this session is body image. The following is a reading from Overeaters Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, second edition, page 130 to 131. It reads, Perfection for me is a killer. I can never be perfect. Only God is perfect. I have had enough shame in my life that I don't need to shame myself over not having a perfect abstinence. As long as I am abstinent today, my goal weight is what I weigh today. I don't worry about it because I can't change my weight one day at a time. Only God can do that instantly, and if I am abstinent, my weight is exactly what God wants it to be today. Weight is not the problem. Life is the problem. And I work on that through the 12 steps and daily contact with my God. At this time, I will go ahead and introduce our first speaker, Please welcome Shirley from Sunnyvale. Hi, I'm Shirley, a real recovering compulsive overeater 
from Sunnyvale in the Silicon Valley Intergroup. Before I get started, um, I'd like to take a moment of silence for you to do with as you wish. And anyone who wishes, please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Great. Thank you. Um, Just to qualify, I'm going to briefly tell you a little bit about my story, since most of you may not know who I am. I came into program in July of 1992, and I consider myself an OA virgin. And because I'm not perfect, I ended up restarting my absence over a couple of times in 1994. So I restarted my absence because I was told I needed to be perfect. And next month, I will be celebrating 26 years in program. And I just celebrated, oh, thank you. I just celebrated 24 years of continuous absence since my relapse in 1994. I finally decided thanks. I decided that I was tired of starting over because of how it made me feel bad about myself, my body, and my recovery. After the 1999 World Service Business Conference, I went back to my OA sponsor about my difficulty in accepting myself, and he told me that I needed to make a a decision if I was a compulsive overeater. Once I made the decision, I could not change my mind, and that I needed to keep my foot in the OA door. I have never left and am grateful to that sponsor who truly carried the message to me. Sometimes we need at least one person who believes in us no matter what. Body image has been a critical topic for me when I was growing up as a young child. It was difficult to manage a relatively low weight. Someone was always criticizing my body size or weight. I felt like I was not good enough or somehow did not measure up. Through working the steps and accepting myself in OA, I learned to love myself. My second husband also taught me that I was beautiful and showed me what he saw. My sponsors also loved me just as I am. 
The symptom is physical. I ate because I was trying to fill a hole that could not be filled with food. The hole was meant for my higher power. The problem is emotional. Besides being a compulsive overeater, I discovered that I was also a bipolar. I found many reasons to eat. My husband offered me plastic surgery if I could keep 100 pounds off for one year. I did it after talking to my co-sponsor and dealing with more acceptance work. She suggested that before I go into surgery that I find a way to have peace with my mother's body. The solution is spiritual. I do a lot of writing and praying so I can surrender everything over to my higher power. Everything goes in my God box. This is a, um, a few things about body image. When I look in the mirror, I like what I see, both positive and negative. Learning to love what I see in the mirror, healthy lifestyle choices are also key to improving body image. I love the reading Voices of Recovery from June the 29th. It talks about a sand dollar that's imperfect. And I kind of think that's how I am and my body is. I'm far from being perfect. And the thing of it is, if you can, if I'm able to love my body as it is, it's so much better. In Voices of Recovery on page 52, it says, We are taught through loving acts of tact and kindness under different difficult circumstances that we are given far more than a normal body size as a result of taking OA's 12 steps and remaining absent. I also believe that sponsors are great teachers and examples of how this program works. In 1992, my very first temporary sponsor said to me, if you cannot accept what God has blessed you with today, what makes you think you will be happy if he gives you more? Then an affirmation from a sponsor in 1995, and she said to me, this is the size my body is today. I love and accept myself just as I am. And I have to tell you, at the time that she gave me that affirmation, I was over 200 pounds. And I don't know how many people in this room have ever been 200 pounds. But 
looking at myself in a full-length mirror and saying that, it was very difficult. Um, and it took me a while because before I could really love the image that I saw in the mirror. But eventually, I did get there. It wasn't until I met my current husband that he pointed out that I didn't see what he did. My husband, Mark, was able to point out my beauty from deep within and loved me just as I am. It's a wonderful gift not to criticize something like a beautiful body when you had it all along. I am no longer ashamed of my body, which has served me in so many ways. I don't know how many of you have ever gone through the process of writing a letter to your body and actually acknowledging all the different parts of your body and thanking it for all that it has done for you. Um, I have had a number of different injuries where I've actually hurt my body. And in the process, I've learned to appreciate those parts of my body that don't always want to function properly. And what's that? Is that 10? Okay. But anyway, if you've not ever done that, you know, that's something that I would suggest. Um, anyway, in 1998, a friend from San Diego joined our 12-step within committee when we sponsored a body image workshop. And the following comes from For Today on page 19. And it says, I have never seen a person grow or change in a constructive direction when motivated by guilt shame and or hate I let no one including myself try to shame me into changing something about myself I wish were different I pray to be relieved of guilt and self-hate and to accept and like myself exactly as I am that is where I can begin to change and in Voices of Recovery, on page 139 for May the 18th, I submitted a writing um, that was inspired by my higher power. And it's kind of one of my favorite um, submissions um, that was actually published in that book. And the quote is, believe that you can be absent, you will be. 
believe that you can have sanity, peace of mind, and freedom to live the life you want. You will have them. Believe that you will recover. You will. And that comes from For Today on page 354. Believing in something that seems impossible requires a leap of faith. The gift of absence, freedom from compulsive overeating, the peace and sanity which result from working the program seem like elusive dreams to the newcomer or the relapser. Faith requires that I keep doing what works, no matter what. Sometimes it takes days, weeks, months, or even years before I can see and feel like I have gotten it. And when I do get it, I don't get to keep it because the it keeps changing. The hope and belief that things will get better is not a tangible commodity that I buy. It is something I must earn. I believe it is possible for everyone to be absent, to recover, and to have all of our dreams come true. We get what we expect, so expect a miracle. We are all miracles. Now, there's a lot that I could say about my body image, but it's based on my experience. And each person's experience will be different than mine. It is my hope, dreams, and prayers that you will find your way and not give up. God has a plan for each one of us, and I know it will be beyond your wildest dreams. And one last thing, and then I'll stop. If you remove your body from the truth, when you are ready, the truth is nowhere to be found. But if you continue to bring your body to the truth, then when you are ready, the truth is waiting there for you. And that truth, our promise of recovery, is in every OA meeting. When we join hands, pray together, and joyously, lovingly encourage one another, keep coming back. So, I don't know if anything I've uh, shared this, this afternoon has been helpful for you. Because um, I really... I'm at a loss. I don't really know what I could possibly say that might make a difference for anybody. But I do believe that it is possible for you to find, you know, what you're hoping or looking for. So anyway, thanks a lot. And I will now introduce our second speaker. It is Chelsea from Oakland. 
Hi, everyone. Hey. Good to see all you beautiful humans here. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here at uh, the OA convention, and some of you might have seen me wobbling around on some crutches, and it, it took everything in me up until putting the key in my ignition this morning to not cancel, because I couldn't show up perfectly, right? I was, I, my knees are imperfect, they gave out on me last weekend, and I couldn't exercise all week, so I feel really flabby and like, ugh, and I just thought, well, I should be healing at home, you know? But, but when I was asked to speak on the body image panel, I just kind of had to catch myself, like, you're speaking here for a reason, Chelsea. So uh, I forgot to say that I'm also in recovery from an eating disorder. I've, I've been bulimic almost my entire life, up until about four years ago. Um, so I was, I was hoping that you'd be open to sharing with me a brief guided meditation. Are you up for that? Yes. Any objections, as we say? Okay, great. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, please get comfortable. That might be sitting, that might be lying down, but just get comfy. Let your eyes close, or you can just softly gaze downwards. And just take a few deep breaths together. Right, acknowledging that you are here in space in a room full of like minds on the path of healing and discovery. Right, let each exhale take you deeper and deeper into this moment, this breath. And I'd like to invite you to expand your energy out in all directions to fill this entire room. Wall to ceiling, just fill this entire room with your awareness. And expand that awareness to go out and fill this entire floor, even out to the clothing boutique and the lobby, the parking lot even. Let your energy expand out in all directions, perhaps even filling every floor of this hotel. Expanding even greater to fill Sacramento, if you can. All the roads and freeways and other humans. Let your energy expand out in all directions to fill California, north to south. Expanding out in all directions, filling this entire country to Florida, to Connecticut, Nebraska. And continue, keep going. Why stop? Fill this entire planet, every continent, from the tallest mountain to the bottom of the deepest ocean past this atmosphere of earth to the far reaches of our own galaxy and the galaxies beyond until your energy is filled to the farthest corners of your imagination, all of space. And feeling that vastness, that expansion, also feel your feet on the floor and your seat in the chair or on the ground and this breath, this moment. And then when you're ready, gradually let your eyes open. If they're closed, maybe taking a few wiggles of fingers or toes, moving back into the room. It's hard to come back after that. <laughs> so if, if maybe a couple of you could just call out maybe one word that you felt during that experience. 
Just one word. Hmm? Tall? Calm. Calm. Yeah. Anybody else? Breath. Open. Peace. Serene. Oh, they keep coming. Yeah. Connected. I love it. So this, in my experience and understanding, and, and I'm just one human doing the best I can one day at a time. In my experience, this openness, this serenity, this peacefulness, this connection, this openness, right, this calm, this is the true nature of who we be, right? This is the spirit body. This is the spiritual body, and it is vast, and it's expansive, right? So when I start to feel small and obsessive, and confused and angry and agitated, that's kind of my body body being here, right? But in a moment, I can be as expansive as, as I could even imagine or contemplate because that's the spiritual, that's the true nature of who I be. And I don't know about you, right? But that's who I be. And sometimes it can feel limiting to be in this body, with this history that I have, with these roles that I, have to, that I have to play, that I've been given or given myself, right? Sometimes it can feel confining. But when I can remember the true nature of my spirit, of spirit, of great spirit, of higher power, uh, then great things are possible, right? So I just wanted to kind of start there. That's kind of where I'm going to. And then I'm going to rewind and take us back because my spiritual journey definitely started as a body journey because... As my first counselor in my rehab, first ever rehab said, um, she called the body the earth suit. The earth suit. I thought that was so brilliant, and it made so much sense to me. Right? And we'll get back to that. Um, May I have my water, please? Or any water. Just a water. And thank you, Victoria, for the water. (laughs) My friend from Oakland. Mm. So... I'm great, thank you. I'll let you know. Um, So I remember being a child, and I remember being really happy. I remember just kind of walking in the woods for hours, touching all the trees, and feeling my feet in the grass, and communing with the caterpillars and the birds, and just feeling like, yeah, this is good. Life is good. Life is happy. I felt that connection, that openness, right? Uh, That calm. And there was no time, and there was nowhere to be, and life was pretty pretty groovy. Um, and I remember that when I came to find my, uh, my understanding of God in OA, that was what I remembered, that feeling, right? just being connected to all things. And uh, it wasn't until I was about nine or 10, fourth grade, fifth grade, just the golden years, where I noticed that the friends that I had were being asked on movie dates, or they were getting notes passed to them, or they were being flirted with, or, um, and I wasn't. And I kind of looked at their bodies, and I looked at my bodies, and, my bodies, <laughs> my body, all of them, and uh, I compared. It was my first compare-despair moment. And I noticed that they were thin, they were blonde, they had parents that would take them to soccer practice and pick them up and make them dinner, and in my mind's eye, they had the perfect family and perfect childhood, and they had all the trendy clothes. And I looked at my family and my father, who was getting more and more violent and aggressive and abusive, and my mother, who was withdrawing more and more and more and becoming suicidal and unavailable. And as a family of, there were seven of us kids, it's already, it's hard enough to get love and attention, but especially when, when one's parents are struggling as such, um, there really was not 
much, I didn't feel much love. And so I wasn't getting it at home and I wasn't getting it at school. And so in my nine-year-old brain, I decided that my desire for connection and my connection, my desire for love and worthiness must be connected to my body somehow. Yeah. Anyone experience that? No. Um, it's okay. Um, anyway, so thus began my, my quest for perfection. It was the odyssey. Yeah. And I, started dieting and shaving and waxing and squeezing and pinching and and um, trying to make my hand-me-down church clothes look like something that, you know, was a little more upbeat, upscale. And, uh, but nothing got better. Nothing improved. Life was still pretty chaotic at home. And I also decided I couldn't share that with any of my friends. They couldn't possibly understand. Um, so I kind of just suffered a lot. I suffered a lot. And because I was suffering so much and I was so identified with this body, I ate, you know, I, I don't know if I can mention foods in here, but I'm gonna, um, you know, cereal was really great companion, uh, you know, uh, toast, things like that really kind of soothed. They took the edge off, if you will. And, but I just, you can't maintain that. I just got bigger and bigger. I felt more and more isolated. Um, I was uh, later in my teens when I discovered I taught myself how to vomit, how to throw up my food. I taught myself how to exercise and get rid of food, and that way I could still kind of binge as much as I want, and I could I could get rid of it. And there was something about that feeling, the cycle of that, that was very, I don't know, I, can't ever, I haven't been able to put a word on it, but there was something really powerful about that for me at the time and really healing, uh, not healing, uh, really um, soothing. Thank you. Um, anyway, I also discovered, um, I know it's not another uh, drugs and alcohol meeting, but I also discovered those things. Um, but because of bulimia and because of the drugs and the booze, I was able to lose weight. I started to get atten- attention from, from um, the opposite sex, and I was like, okay, I'm thin. I got a different guy in my bed every night, like, and I'm effing miserable. I'm miserable. I'm so, I've never been angrier. I've never felt more disconnected. I've never felt more desperate. Um, and I, at that moment, decided that, you know what, I don't know if this worthiness quest, if this lovability quest has anything to do with my body, and it might have something more to do with spirituality. And at that point, I started practicing yoga. I actually moved myself across. That's why I'm in California. I moved myself across the country from New Jersey um, to live in a Buddhist ashram straight up. I'm like, I'm going to learn how to meditate. I'm going to like get this spiritual thing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it. Um, and it was great. I mean, really, it was, it was, uh, but, but for me, I could not maintain the spiritual practice and still be binging in the middle of the night, eating people's leftovers, and then throwing up in the, in the temple bathroom because nobody else was there, so I could go in there, and, and getting high and, and acting out, and that didn't line up. Like, there wasn't, it wasn't congruent. It wasn't in alignment. And finally, by the grace of this higher power and by the grace of me just feeling so empty and lost and confused, ready to just dump myself into the, into the reservoir, I, I checked myself into rehab. I found OA. I found the AA and all the A's and the 12 steps in general. Thank goodness. And I was willing 
to actually, in earnest, lean into spirit. And, and, and the, the, the quest for kind of imperfection, in a way. And, and, and not lean on my other things when I really was feeling that anger and that grief and that confusion. And, you know, I heard someone recently say that all addiction is a spiritual quest. And that's not in the OA literature, I apologize. Um, but, but gosh, all addiction is a spiritual quest. I mean, for me, that made sense. I was really just kind of looking for a way out because this earth suit, the earth suit that I was given, which is a temporary vessel for spirit, for my spirit to embody, um, it's really suffocating in there, right? It's really suffocating in, inside the, the earth suit, when um, I know the expansiveness and I know the openness and I know that quality is possible, but it's so, it's so confining, so I just need to get a way out. Anyone understand the, the phrase, I'm crawling out of my skin? Raise your hand if you, yes. Crawling out of my skin, like I felt that way all the time. And there was no food, that, there was no eating my way out of that. There was no smoking my way out of that. There was no screwing my way out. There's no throwing up my way out of that. The way out of that was by actually leaning into spirit and leaning into my practice. Um, so, you know, again, I still have those days where I get really caught up in needing this body to be a certain way. And there's this addiction to my body. There's like an addiction to me being the way I am, and that's healthy body, that's a healthy body, a fit body, a body that, is a sp- that fits into a certain type of clothing, and, uh, and is, is, uh, it's very um, seductive, you know, like it's very seductive for me to believe that that's the way it's going to be. So when I sprain my knees, and I can't exercise, and I have to ask for help, thank you again, Victoria, for the water, um, that those qualities of... Remembering that I am imperfect, remembering that this body will, until it dies, go through various levels of health and wellness and various levels of pleasure and and suffering and various levels of understanding and forgetting. And if I can have compassion for myself that this body is temporary, it just is, my friends. This body is going to die. And... And as soon as I can really, when I, when I remember that and I awaken to that and I tap into the expansive quality of, of that vastness, right, of that openness of, of who I truly be, which is spirit, which is a spiritual body, then I can relax into that. And what I also really appreciate about the expansiveness of spirit, of my spirit, of your spirit, of all spirit, is that it includes all things. My spirit has space for all the things, not just the perfect things, but all the things. When I can have, when I'm in that expansive space, that open space, that that calm, connected space, I have a lot of compassion for my jealousy, for my judgment, for my laziness, for um, my body weight, um, for my pimples, I just have, there's more space for that. And I'm not saying I love that all the time, but there's space for it. There's space for it. And 
there's also space for the awesome stuff about being a human, right? About really, I just like dipped my toes in the pool. That felt so good. I'm just like, oh, water on my skin. It felt so good. To experience pleasure because I couldn't just have the pleasure all the time. It's just not realistic, right? It's not. It's just not. So I, I need to have space and, and availability for all of it, for my perfectly imperfect self. And what I will say about my abstinence, because it's changed dramatically over the years, from being very restrictive and, and, and very weight and measured, into a very more relaxed, pleasurable, nourishing, not restricting, not self-harming, but loving me relating with food that somebody else grew in the ground that happened in the soil and waters and sun and like God and all of that happened. Now I get to eat it and enjoy it. Um, as they say, as one of my first uh, experiences with OA, they said, uh, wear your abstinence like a loose fitting garment. Has anyone heard that? That was a New York thing. I think we said a lot. Yeah, like a loose-fitting garment. And I just love wearing loose, flowy things today, right? I just love that there's availability. And if I make a mistake with my food and I don't make the best choice, the perfect choice, there's space for that too. And when I have a really great day and I'm eating all the foods that feel really loving and compassionate for my body, I get to celebrate that. And, and so to for me, spirit and imperfect is... Imperfection is a spiritual practice, right? And, and perfectionism is just, is just part of self-harm. Someone in the last workshop I was at said that's self-abuse or self-harm, perfectionism, um, which I guess makes sense. I can contemplate that later. But what I wish for all of us leaving here today is that when things get small and when we feel that, that anxiety or that fear, right, or resentment or that, that obsessiveness, um, that we can take a couple breaths and expand our energy out in all directions and realize how vast we are and how open we are and how calm and serene and connected. That's, it's always available. It's always available if I choose to tap into it. And like you said, we were all transported here earlier so quickly. So I hope that perhaps, I think they record this. You can buy it and listen to it. <laughs> I have no investment in that at all. Um, but yeah, that we all take some time daily to just realize the expansive, open quality of who we truly be, of our spiritual body, right? When we nourish our physical body, we nourish our spiritual body. And thank you so much for allowing me to be here, for letting me share. You're all beautiful people looking at me right now. And if we could just take a few deep breaths together, just grounding and rooting together. Acknowledging our shared connection in this space. Hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chelsea. At this time, I will now introduce our third speaker. She is... Share from Tahoe, Nevada. Hi, everybody. My name is Cher. I'm a compulsive eater. Um, I heard a while back that if you're asked to do something in this program, that you should always agree. So that's the only reason I'm here. 
<laughs> two years ago, I was asked to speak at the convention at Milpitas, and um, and I wore uh, a hot pant outfit that I had gotten when I went to a commercial um, weight loss program and got my gold key, and I fit in that hot pant outfit for about a minute and a half, and um, I I doubt whether I'm ever going to wear it again, to tell you the truth, because two years ago, um, two years ago, well, a year and a half ago, um, I got hit by a, I collided with a snowboarder on the slopes, and um, four days later, I got a severe case of shingles, and shingles kicked my butt. I still have post-herpetic nerve pain from it. I will probably have that for the duration of my life, probably. Um, anyway, I'm still an obsessive person, and um, so for the last three years, I have been wanting to get 100 days of skiing, snowboarding skiing, in, and um, this was the first year that I actually did that. Because in the morning, I'm pretty good. So I get up early in the morning, I go and meet all these old people, and we all ski together, which is nice. Um, so I don't, I, as a result of getting um, shingles, I wasn't able to do my um, morning workout of um, yoga, because it requires a lot of stretching, and it makes it way worse if I stretch that area of my body that got the shingles, which was ribs front and back. So um, so anyway, as a result also of that, um, I put on some weight. And my eating was the same. I pretty much, I'm not perfectly, but it was pretty much the same. And um, I've been struggling ever since then to get back to the weight I was. So... Um, you know, I this this disease also takes in body dysmorphia that some of us have. Um, I remember years ago when I was um, going to OA meetings back in the, I think it was in probably the early 90s, uh, that there was a very heavy person in our group who said she looks in the mirror and she never sees a heavy person. And I always looked in the mirror and always saw a heavy person. Even when I got down to a normal weight, I always saw a heavy fat person. It's just the way it is. Um, I don't know, kind of, you know, I think of the, in the big book, it says we're restless, irritable, and discontent. Discontent, you know, discontent about body size that, you know, it's funny because now that I'm in my 70s, um, things are hanging, you know, the skin. It's like everything droops and falls and it's, you know, and it's funny, but I'm kind of like finally making peace with that, that there's no getting around it. It's here to stay. 
And I thought maybe if I could just have liposuction and get rid of the stomach that I collected from shingles, I call it my shingles belly because that's what it was from, I feel, that, you know, it just just suck out that fat. And so, interestingly enough, because I have to be compulsive about, i got to get my 100 days, no matter what, on the slopes, um, I skied in a blizzard this last winter. It was a whiteout. Not just a blizzard, it was a whiteout. It was windy. It was snowing. It, it's amazing that they were even open. And I'm skiing with these old people, right? Well, the old people are ahead of me. And I fall off this kind of cliff because I couldn't see the, the trail. And I went kind of down. And I knew that if I stood up, I'd be going down this ravine and there would be no saving me because it's a blizzard and you can't see anything. And people couldn't see me either. Okay, so, so here I am trapped. And I, I should have, if I'd thought, I would have laid on my back, kicked both of my skis over to the other side, and been able to get up and work my way back up to get onto the trail again. But I didn't do that. So I swung one leg over, and in the process, hurt my knee. Hurt my knee. So, so I had, instead of, I was supposed to have knee surgery to fix the bad meniscus tear that I got from that. Um, I was supposed to have knee surgery in May. But instead of doing knee surgery, I, I did stem cells. Because stem cells are supposed to grow back that meniscus. So part of the stem cells, they do liposuction. from your stomach. They take the fat cells from your stomach. And I thought, that's perfect. That's what I wanted. I wanted liposuction. Well, let me tell you, it ain't all pretty. It's just not. There's a line now (coughs) right here. A line where they took out the fat cells. And they also take out bone marrow from your back, from the something in the back. Well, that didn't even hurt. But the liposuction, bruised, painful, painful. And like I said, it didn't do, it didn't make me have a perfect body. I still have fat and I have lines and, and I'm st- 70, almost 74, and I have to make peace with it. I don't have any other choice. You know, at this stage of the game, I got to be grateful that I still have a body, that I can still ski. You know, I'm totally blessed by this program and by the fact that there's higher power and it ain't me. I guess I used to think it was partially me because I could control stuff, but you can't control the sags. You just can't. You know, that's gravity. The wrinkles, everything's gravity. 
And I don't know, I haven't been paying attention to our timekeeper, so I'm good? Oh, okay. All right, so, um, oh, sorry. So, basically, I hate myself when I do stupid stuff. And I do stupid stuff on a regular basis. So, I got a hold of somebody that I just, I don't know what it was, but I just happened to connect with that person at this convention just a while ago, like maybe two hours ago. And it just, the timing was just perfect that I was able to talk to that person about what was going on with me. Because basically, I thought I was a piece of garbage because I did something that wasn't particularly nice. So, so I, you can't imagine how much trauma I went through to try to tell this person what I had done because it was so awful. And I'm in recovery. I, I'm June 30th, June 20th, 10 days ago, I had 30 years in this program. Wow. Not 30 years of abstinence, but 30 years in OA, and I never left. Never left. Always keep going, coming back. Okay, so, um, so anyway, it was really, I mean, I went through traumas. I couldn't, I had to keep leading up to what I did. I kept having to tell this person, you know, preface it with, well, this, 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 or kind of all leading up to what horrible thing I did. Well, we ended up laughing so hard because what I think is uh, inexcusable, the worst, I'm the worst person on the planet. Nobody else has ever done anything that bad. We busted up. And tears are rolling down my face. And that's kind of what this fifth step is all about. Because when I first um, did a fifth step with my first, my first OA sponsor, I had another dark, deep, horrible, horrible thing that I did. And she said, her response was, well, that's a trick. I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Presto. All that guilt, all that shame, all that stuff evaporates into thin air, just like cracking up and tears rolling down my face did today. And, you know, I had, we, things loom larger in our brains. They just do. These things that we think we are the only one who ever, ever did that were wrong. We're not that unique. We're human. We do stupid stuff, you know? I've done lots and lots and lots of stupid stuff, including this thing that I had to cop to today. But the beauty of the program is that if we keep coming back, we keep suiting up and showing up, more is revealed, 
we keep learning more and more about ourselves. And every time I think, okay, I'm letting go of that character defect. I've got this one covered. Like we hear the onion peel off another layer. Something else comes along. It's like, oh, no, not another. And I think it'll be like that for the duration. I think we just keep learning, 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 learning more about ourselves and the human condition, you know, the human condition of there's so many people out there that probably could benefit from our program. A lot of them never get here. We're blessed. We are blessed because we are here. And I'm not going to go anywhere because there's no place else to go. Last house on the block, you know. It's, it's true. I mean, all those other programs out there, we know. We've tried a lot of them. Like that, that one that I got the key. Didn't, didn't last. I had gained back the weight that I lost. Oh, and oh, by the way, on that weight loss program, that commercial program, so we had to weigh in, right? Well, I was damned and determined that I was going to get my little key. And so I wore the skimpiest, lightest weight, nylon little shorts, and this little tank top that weighed like virtually nothing. And that's how I did it, because I kind of cheated my way through life. My mom used to say, who took all the cookies out of the cookie? It was a can at that time. A can that had this, this, this little thing that screwed on the top. And you put this thing in the oven. And then it turned colors. It turned a different color. And then it was supposed to keep everything fresh. And on the outside it had soda crackers and pretzels. Well, we kept cookies in there. Well, it made noise when you took the lid off this thing. Not when I took the lid off. I did it so carefully. Just took my time, peeled that thing off. Nobody knew. So she'd say, who ate all the cookies? Those were for the lunches. And I blamed it on, oh, it must have been my brothers. must have been my sister. Not me. No. <laughs> it wouldn't have been me. No, of course not. No. So I was sneaky. I was sneaky, and I didn't tell the truth. That was another thing. I was good at lying. And I was, I was a good sneak, I must say. If they passed out awards for sneakiness, I'd get it. And one thing that just came to me recently is that when I was a kid, our neighbor lady commented about my thighs. I don't, I was a little kid and she said something about my thighs being big. And I didn't even remember that until just fairly recently. And I thought, I wonder if that planted something in my head. It doesn't matter how simple it is. If it gets in there, it stays. 
it stays with us. Who would have thought? So, yeah, I've always had big legs. Always, you know, that's, that's who I am, and it's okay. And no matter what it is, like the saggy arms or the, I don't know, less than perfect body, I guess we weren't, as humans, we weren't meant to have perfect bodies. Like, everybody has something that they love about themselves and everything, and something that they hate about themselves. I was like my feet. I always thought I had really nice-looking feet because they look kind of like my dad's. And that kind of gives me a nice, fuzzy place inside to think that, you know, my feet are like my dad's. I like that. And, you know, today... I've got to say that I'm getting, I haven't arrived yet, but I'm making big strides to love and accept myself as I am. Imperfect, saggy, baggy skin. It's okay. It's okay. Elephants have it, right? They have wrinkly skin, so do Sharpays. It's okay. (laughs) So anyway, thank you so much for listening. And for being here, keep coming back, everybody. Thanks. Thank you so much, Cher. Let's thank our speakers and all who have done service for this session. If you'd enjoyed this workshop, we encourage you to stop by the All-Star Media table to order copies of this session or any other sessions. All workshops and main speaker events are being recorded and are available on CD or as an electronic download. Thank you for your understanding that we will need to exit the room right after the prayer. Please join hands as we close with a third step prayer that you'll find on page eight of your program. Let's come up here and close down. Oh, sure. We'll branch together right here. Connect. Okay, yeah. Or do you want to turn around or? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Okay, that might be easy. Er, oh, there. There we go. <laughs> okay. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Coming back, it works. If you work it, so work it because you're worth that. All right.